there and welcome to the Little Yarrow podcast. My name is Kate, I'm a naturopath and postpartum doula here to share with you ancient wisdom for modern mothers. Welcome everyone to the Little Yarrow podcast. Today's episode is carrying on with our theme for the month of mental health awareness. So today's episode is all about recognising postpartum mood disorders. And I have a very special guest here today, my mum, Marita. Mum, do you want to say hello? Hi, everyone. <laughs> so my mum, I I wanted to get my mum on here today because I thought it would be nice um, to have a chat with her about this topic. So from... I don't really know actually what age, mum, that you told me about kind of the history of what happened when I was born. Do you remember when you would have told me? Um, not really, probably about 10 years ago. Yeah, I, just, I don't remember the time, but I remember I, for as long as I can remember um, in my older kind of years, I was maybe even as a teen, I think I was aware of it, um, that when... So I'm the eldest and when I was born that mum um, had some problems um, with after the birth of me with mental health and I was aware that um, she had to go into hospital and that me and my dad stayed with my grandparents during this time. So um, I was aware that, that happened but we never really fully spoke more in detail about it probably until recent years I guess because I do a lot of work now with um maternal mental health and I find it really interesting um so do you want to take over mum and have it maybe go back to maybe go back to um yeah just how like talk about so you had like a good pregnancy with no issues or anything with me yes I had I had a really good pregnancy um I didn't know anything about postpartum mood disorders when I was pregnant because, you know, that was 33 years ago and that wasn't talked about in any of the parenting classes. Uh, but I don't know, maybe these days they do. Do you know if they do? I don't, think they, I don't think they really tell you like in okay. the parenting classes about it, but I think just the general awareness is maybe a little bit more than what it used to be, but it's still pretty like yeah the awareness is still I mean there's a bit of awareness about postnatal depression but I think a lot of people still don't really know much about that and they definitely like postnatal anxiety and things like that um are definitely not really something that's there's not much awareness around that Hmm. so I had a good pregnancy um I never suffered with anxiety or depression at all you know my whole life um the labor was you know I was very lucky with the labor it was only three and a half hours so it was a quick delivery and there were, there were no complications at all with that. Um, but after, basically straight after you were born, it's, it's quite strange. But I knew there was something wrong with me and I, I, I couldn't explain it. Um, I was feeling very agitated and I couldn't sleep and I found like I was really wound up all the time. Mm. And just generally I just, I just couldn't cope. You know, little things like I'd go to change your nappy and I just, I couldn't do it. But then, you know, dad would come in and just pick you up and change this nappy and you hear a lot about mums feeling they, they feel, um, you know, helpless or why, you know, all these years I've, I've worked full time from when I was 16 up until I was 28. I've always had jobs and, you know, cope with work 
and then you have this baby and why can't you do such a a simple task as changing a baby's nappy so little things like that everything Mm. you know you feel very uh incompetent yeah but I was very lucky that um you know I knew I knew there was something wrong with me and uh so I, I told dad but he already knew that there was something wrong just because of my behavior you know all of a sudden you're this different person that's not coping with life. So yeah. he, he was very concerned and my my in-laws were also a really great support at the time and um, and I, I told them to, you know, I, I needed help, which I think is, I, I think that's a big thing too. If you're not feeling yourself and you know that you're feeling different before you had the baby, I think the biggest thing is you must let people know. There's no, there's no shame in saying that you're not coping, you know. Yeah. Um, because if you don't ask for help, how can people help you if you're not going to be honest and say, I need help? You know, don't ever deny and say, oh, no, I'm okay. But then behind closed doors, you're a mess and in tears and all the rest of it. It's interesting because I think it, like you didn't, it sounds like you didn't really have issues with asking for help. But I know no no. for me, because I struggled a bit as well. And I know for mm-hmm. other mums, it's more about feeling embarrassed that I don't Mm. want to I want to be seen like I'm coping and doing Mm. great and if I if I admit that I'm not like I feel bad or embarrassed Mm. or people Mm. might think oh you know you should be happy you just had a baby why you you know why are you sad or why are you stressed and there's like Mm. that shame and guilt so it's good that you were able to not be concerned about that and just know that you need it doesn't matter what other people think that you just you know you need to get help but I understand what you're saying because I had my best friend Lindy um she her daughter was probably she had her baby a year before you were born and all these things start popping in your head because you know she was she just found everything just oh it's just a breeze and you know, it's very hard when you're around people like that because I didn't want to be around her because you feel like, well, you know, why is it so easy for you? And you know what I mean? You sort mm. of self-doubt yourself. Well, you know, she can cope and how come she didn't have any problems at all and, and I have, you start to sort of think. But anyhow, so with my in-laws, they had a, a friend who was a psychiatrist and they asked me, you know, would I go and see him? Uh, and straight away I said yes because, as I say, I knew I needed help. Um, so that night I was admitted to a psychiatric hospital. They put me on medication to calm me down. That was probably the worst thing that I felt like I was on speed or something, this horrible, just so speedy, you know, in my speech and just just it's awful, horrible experience. So they put me on uh, things to help me sleep, which also helped, and also to calm me down as well. So I think um, what was the contributing factors, there were lots of contributing factors and everyone's different, but I had problems falling pregnant and I found out that I had endometriosis. So I was put on Danazole tablets for six months. Now, that was a long time ago. That was probably I was only 28 then, which I think those tablets are banned now. Do you know much about? Uh, I think that they're not. I think that they're not really as widely used. I think it's still an option, but I don't think it's not as widespreadly used as it used to be. So what those Denazole tablets do is they um, stop you having your period. So it gives your body a break from the build-up of tissue each month, 
which as you know is a side effect of endometriosis so it's just giving your body a break from that but they were very strong hormonal tablets well it essentially puts you into menopause temporarily that's right yeah yeah and I remember the six months I was on them, people at work used to say, where's happy Marita? I was like short and snappy and mm. <laughs> and all the rest of it. But again, life's, you know, sometimes life isn't easy because I worked in an office with three other girls and they were all either had babies or pregnant or, you know, you're surrounded by all these people that, you know, one of them, oh, no, I didn't even plan to fall pregnant. So, yeah, it can be a very hard journey to become a mother. Yeah, with people around you that just, oh, I didn't even plan it and you think I'm struggling with all this. But anyhow, so then I was put on fertility drugs. I had to go on fertility drugs, so again, more hormone treatment. And Mm. then when I was in labour with you, I was induced because my waters had broke at home, but then when I got to the hospital, nothing was, you know, progressing from then. So again, that's another hormone drug. And then I was given pethidine in the labour. And interesting enough, I was reading up the other day about pethidine and the side effects of it, and it can cause—it can cause. I'm not saying it does, but it can cause altered mood, agitation, mm. and anxiety. Did yeah. you know that? Well, pe- pethidine's not really like today in today's time. I think it's still available, but it's not really the go-to. Like now, it's pretty much epidurals are like the go-to pain oh, really? medication, whereas back in the eighties. Um, it was more so, I mean, did they offer you an epidural? Or was no. Pethidine was probably the go-to just pain pe- Just relief. pethidine. Yeah. That's, that's the first, that's the step one of, of what they yeah. offer. Whereas, whereas now it's epidural. Oh, okay. So not many people would have pethidine. I don't, actually don't know anyone that's had pethidine, like my age kind of group. Right. Okay. Yeah. So then part of the placenta, so after the, this is all the contributing factors, but um, after the birth, um, part of not all of the placenta came away. Now, people have told me that these days they give you an injection. Is that right to expel the placenta? Um, yeah, I think it's a choice whether to have it or oh, not. It's a but choice. Yeah, they do. It's kind of um, they like to do it. They like to try and make it a routine thing just to help make sure that it get all mm-hmm. comes out. Yeah. So again, as I say, that was a long time, you know, that was 33 years ago and things have all changed and that. So part of the placenta was still inside me. It hadn't all come away. Now, um, I remember one of the nurses saying, oh, it might come away later. And then it, that that night I remember going to the toilet and, you know, you're kind of pretty, pretty still drugged up from bit, feeling a bit woozy from all the drugs you've had. Mm. And I remember going to the toilet and I thought that I'd had another baby so I passed quite a big clot Mm. and I didn't think but I flushed the toilet and then I mentioned it to a nurse and she said to me oh next time if if you get another one call don't flush the toilet you know call me well then I never got another clot I was in hospital back in those days used to be in hospital for a week I think so Mm. I never got it never happened again so of course it was just they didn't worry about it but um so yeah, so I unfortunately, um, two months late, I just wasn't well. And I used to keep on saying to everyone, I just don't feel well. And everyone thought that that was more my mental health, that I wasn't feeling well. But after nearly two months after you were born, I was staying with my in-laws, um, with you, of course, there. And I went to this to- toilet this day and I just hemorrhaged, you know, it was like my mother-in-law said it was like, um, you know, horse's poop all over the bathroom floor. Mm. So 
they rushed me to hospital and they um, did a curette and they found that half of the placenta was still inside me. So they, they everyone was saying, well, no wonder, you know, I was saying how sick I felt. So um, I'm not denying that I didn't have postnatal depression. I know I definitely did, but I think that obviously didn't help with it because I was just not feeling well in myself. So the good news after all that was um, after that, when I had the curette, my health both mentally and physically just improved 100%. Like I'd gone from being really bad, they just took me off all medication, you know, we could move back home and, um, yeah. So the psychiatrist thought that the combination of being on so much uh, hormone drugs and part of the placenta being still inside me definitely contributed to the postnatal depression. But as I say, everyone's different. Someone else could have to go on fertility drugs and mm. be induced and all those other things I had doesn't mean that that's going to happen to them. It's just, it's just, um, so then I always wanted to have two children. So then when you were one, uh, we decided we wanted to have another one and uh, I had to go back on fertility drugs again. I was told that I would need to, to have another baby. Um, I was also told by my doctor that it could happen again um, because, of course, being on fertility drugs again is another hormone drug. But he said, look, you know, don't worry because they'd be keeping a close eye on me and they will be onto it straight away. So it didn't stop me from having another baby. Um, I was just determined that, you know, I, I think I'm a strong person and even though I had a bad experience the first time, it, it was not going to stop me from having another baby. So with um, my son James, when he was born, um, again, I had a, um, I was very lucky I had a three-and-a-half-hour labour with him. Um, uh, so no problems with that labour. I wasn't put on any uh, tablets for the endometriosis I wasn't induced for that birth. Um, the whole placenta just all came out by itself with Dad did... standing there over the doctor <laughs> watching him like a hawk, you know. Did um, you have the pethidine yes, for that labour too? Yes, I was just going to say, so I did have the pethidine from, for that. Yeah. Um, uh, and I didn't suffer postnatal depression with James. Yeah. And as you said to me, you know, how did you cope? With a two-year-old, so you were you turned two on the twelfth of October, and James was born the day before. So I had a two-year-old and a newborn baby, and I think mm. I think I think I coped really well. So yeah, it's just to, it's just to teach, tell people too as well. You don't ever think you know you can hear stories like that and think oh gee, but yeah, it's 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 not you know it doesn't always happen the same in in different births. So. Um, you know, my advice to mums would be don't ever feel ashamed to tell your partner or anyone that's close to you that you're not helping, you're not coping, um, because as I said, no one can help you if they don't know. And you'll, you'll feel so much better. I know myself, I felt so much better when I knew that I was going to get help. You know, yeah. there's, there's going to be an answer to this. Don't suffer in silence. There is help out there and you just need to ask for it. And that you knew as well second time because I know a lot of mums, if they have suffered with um, postnatal depression or anxiety first time, they're scared about, well, what if it happens again? Um, I remember actually I was working with a girl um, back pre-babies and she was pregnant with her second and she was really worried. She said, oh, I'm really worried about um, 
having this second baby because I had postnatal depression first time, I'm worried it's going to happen again. And at that time, I didn't know anything about pregnancy or babies or anything. But um, I think you probably helped you knowing that, all right, well, if it does happen again, straight away, I'm going to go and get help and I'll be in good, good hands. Um, I'm sure that that was a factor for you, just knowing that if it did happen again, that you would be able to get help immediately. Mm. And I think, and I think, you know, 33 years down the track now, there's so much out there, isn't it? About, um, you know, I think there was a, I think there was a place someone gave me a pamphlet for it when I was in hospital uh, called Panda. Yeah, that's still around now. Um, that was the only thing around. But again, another thing, um, I didn't know any of my friends that had a baby. No one had postnatal depression. Like, what? What's that? But these mm. days, there's so much awareness about it, which I think's great. Um, because that also helps mums too to know, okay, yep, there is, it is a thing and it, and it's real and it is out there. You don't feel so, oh, this is really weird, you know, like I, I don't know anyone who's ever had this. So I think that it's not about raising awareness to scare people. It's about no, helping people to know, to, uh, to recognise the symptoms so then if they experience the symptoms and straight away they can go oh I remember I learned that Mm. these are the symptoms of this and that I should go and get help because if you don't know what the symptoms are you might think Mm. that it's just normal to feel like that and you Mm. won't you don't say anything because it's (laughs) so what I find interesting about your story is um first of all like that the midwife said to you oh let's just see if the placenta comes out like overnight Mm. usually now like if, if they're aware that some of it didn't come out, they would take you to theatre and surgically remove it. So I find okay. it strange, I find it strange mm. they didn't do that. Mm. And second of all, um, it sound, it's interesting that you were told that you had postnatal depression because all of the symptoms you've explained to me don't sound like you weren't depressed, like no. sad. You were no. more like anxious and highly like anxiety. So it sounds like maybe back then, they didn't really um, not like they didn't really um, differentiate that much between um, the anxiety, like personal anxiety and depression. Maybe they mm. just called all all mood disorders for mums depression when actually it sounds like for you it was more anxiety. So I find that really interesting. Mm. Um, and yeah, I agitated. Think- I would describe myself as very agitated. Probably no, not depressed but just agitated, probably angry that why can't I do, what, what, what's my mm. problem? Why can't I cope and why can't I change nappies? And, you know, if you'd cry, I mean, you were a very placid baby, but if you just cried one bit, I couldn't handle it. I think yeah. that's all part of it. That's a big thing with mums too. I think sadly if you have the postnatal depression, even just a baby crying, which is very normal, mm. it's just... You just can't that's, stand that's the noise. Like every little thing because you're every so sensitive, hypersensitive, exactly right. every little thing triggers, yep. triggers you off. Mm. Yeah. And I think, um, yeah, and it's interesting as well about all the different hormonal medications as well because you, you spoke about like the Danazole, then you took, was it the Clomid that you took? Uh, 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 was I the Clomiphene or Cl- I can't remember now, one of those. Yes, fertility drugs because, again, it's yeah. all and, that's and then having that's... being induced and then <laughs> yeah. having the pethidine and then maybe that whole concoction as well as combined with having not all of the placenta removed. Definitely. Then well, I'm all the gonna... placenta not being removed, it actually had gone rotten inside me. So that's part of why I felt so sick 
Mm. I kept on telling everyone I'd, I'd feel like I'm, I'm so sick, I'm so sick. But when you've got postnatal depression, they think it's all up in your head. Mm. No, no one ever, no one ever examined me physically. Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? How? Yeah. But um, yeah, it's interesting because I think it just goes to show you know everyone's story is different. Everyone has different contributing factors. Um, like for me personally, because I struggled with postnatal anxiety, but a lot of it for me, I would say, was because I um, just I was having so many issues around the breastfeeding part of it which you would remember, and I just found it. And I think because I just didn't know about, <laughs> you know, like I felt like, I, like I'd never really, being like the eldest of, you know, my siblings, the eldest of my cousins, none of my friends had had a baby, and all of a sudden you just handed this baby that needs to be fed like every two hours, 24-7, and you're having trouble and it hurts when you feed and you're having mm-hmm. trouble with the latch. It was just all so overwhelming and stressful, and I think, yeah, that ev- everyone has. I mean, eventually I got there with help from my midwives and everything, but um, I think everyone's contributing factors are very, very different. Um, but regardless of what's contributing, I think just understanding that if, if you don't feel right, um, don't just think, oh, I'll just ride it out and hopefully it'll pass or, you know, I'm too ashamed or embarrassed to ask for help. Um, as soon as you recognize those signs of feeling depressed or anxious or feeling like your your mind's racing or you're not coping, um, that yeah, to reach to reach out because there's so much help available. You just need to take that for, first step, wouldn't you agree? Oh, definitely. And you know, you got to think too. You, you're so excited when you're pregnant and the nine months, and that you're excited that you're going to meet this baby. So, you know, that's the most you know happiest time in your life. So you want to actually. Um, enjoy that time do you know what I mean you want to enjoy every day that you wake up with the baby not not be stressed and that was another big thing with me well no I've been so excited you know looking forward to this baby and you want you want to enjoy it so that was another reason I thought no you need to go and get help so that life can go on and mm. yeah but when you're talking about the breastfeeding um I just I just didn't like the breastfeeding at all I was very big big breasted and I was like you, I'd just be in all this pain. I'd, I used to describe it as when the babies latch on, it's like someone turning on the hose of a vacuum cleaner and putting mm. it on your nipple. That's how painful <laughs> I found it. Yeah. And and I got, um, is it mastitis? Mastitis. Yeah, yeah, I got that as well in hospital. And their mm. theory to fix that was cabbage leaves. And I thought, well, you can throw <laughs> your cabbage leaves away because that's not doing anything. I don't. Do they still do that now? Oh, uh, usually they put you on antibiotics, I guess, if there's like an infection. But there's lots of natural remedies that you can do to help with it. But it's, you know, because that could have contributed if you got mastitis in hospital. That, that's just another thing on top of oh. your very long list of things because you exactly. feel all hot and feverish. You got infection. Oh, like, so it sounds like you had so many, like, that's mm. just another piece of the puzzle mm. of what why you would have been feeling so bad. So. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, yeah, thank you for sharing your um, story. I think that I just think it's important to hear other people's stories just to recognise and to help people know that they're not alone if they're struggling and that, you know, hearing as well, hearing people's stories that have turned out positive, that they were able to recover and overcome it with help, I think is really important as well. Mm. So, yeah, so thank you, Mum, for That's okay. You're very your, welcome. Your story. And, yeah, I hope everyone enjoyed it.
Bye, Mum. Thanks, Kate. Bye. Have a good day. Thank you.